Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington, Ohio Church of Christ. We pray that this message will inspire you and help you grow closer to God and your faith. Be sure to stick around after the message to find out more about how you can take your next best step. Enjoy the message. In our Old Testament sermon series, we've looked at some of passages and stories from the Old Testament that we love. And today, uh, we're going to uh, take a little pit stop in the book of Psalms. And we're not going to use a psalm that uh, probably uh, most anyone is familiar with. There is just sometimes that when we're reading Scripture, there's a verse or a phrase that becomes radioactive to us, that becomes uh, just like God is shining an ultra light, spotlight on it. And when that happens, um, sometimes we just want to share that with other people. A couple of weeks ago when we were doing our Tuesday morning Facebook prayer time, um, Psalm 75 was the psalm that we were using for that day. And there was this phrase in this psalm that just stuck out to me. And I just felt like we all needed to hear from God from this passage of Scripture. And um, I don't know who needs to hear it today, Um, I don't know whose life feels like it's unstable or shaken or out of control, but in this psalm today, this teaching psalm for our congregation, there's a phrase in there that says, God's judgment brings stability. Uh, I don't know who needs to hear that God is still in control and God is still ruling and God has still got perfect timing and He can bring stability to your life. I don't know who needs to hear it, but that's in our scripture today. And as we uh, just investigate this psalm, and as we meditate on this psalm, I'm hoping that God um, uses the Holy Spirit to take this scripture and have it roll over in your mind and in your heart and in your life and bring some comfort to your soul. Psalm 75 is our, is our passage today, and we're going we're gonna to see three things in this psalm um, that can help us find some peace of mind and peace of God in what feels like an unstable world. And uh, we can do this by uh, giving our testimony, by trusting in God's timing, and by praising God's triumph. Give your testimony, trust His timing, praise His triumph. And that is in this psalm. Some psalms are meant for praise. Some psalms are meant for lament. Um, Psalm 74, right before Psalm 75, is a lament psalm. Uh, where Asaph, the, the writer, he says, God, how long is the, our wicked people are going to win? And Psalm 75 comes in at just the right moment to remind us that God is still in control. Uh, this is a, a teaching song for the congregation. And um, here's how, I'll, if you don't mind, I just want to read the whole thing. It's only 10 verses. And then we'll go back and break it down where we can see where it gives us instructions on how to live when we feel like there's instability here. We praise you, God. We praise you for your name is near. People tell of your wonderful deeds. God says, I choose the appointed time. It is I who judge with equity. When the earth and all its people quake, it is I who hold its pillars firm. To the arrogant, I say, boast no more. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horns. Do not lift up your horns against heaven. Do not speak so defiantly. No one from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt themselves. It is God who judges. He brings one down, he exalts another. In the hand of the Lord is a cup full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours it out and all the wicked of the earth drink it down to its very dregs. As for me, I will declare this forever. 
I will sing praise to the God of Jacob who says, I will cut off the horns of all the wicked, but the horns of the righteous will be lifted up. Now, I, I don't know if this is going to become one of my favorite psalms or not. Um, it's not Psalm 23, the most famous one. It's not Psalm 119, the longest one. But it, I think if we meditate on this psalm and the Word of God to us, it will change the way we see the world. It can actually lift our heart um, out of gloom. It can give us some stability. The, the first part I want to look at is um, the way that we can participate in a world that seems to be shaken and out of control is we praise God and give our testimony. Give your testimony. Give your testimony. This is so important. And this is the first instruction out of this psalm. Imagine the whole congregation coming into the temple and singing to the Lord. We praise you, God. We praise you for your name is near. People tell of your wonderful deeds. Now, it's harder to do that when things seem to be falling down around us. It's hard to praise God. And that's why this song is so important to remind us to go back and look at what God is doing. And God is doing incredible things even when it seems like things are going bad. You might have noticed that there is an uh, international crisis war going on in Ukraine as Russia tries to invade. And then President Biden, he comes and says, because of that, um, our food supplies are going to be lower. Because of that, guys, gas prices are higher. It might feel like things are going bad. And this is why we need to remember what God is doing right now and tell about those deeds to each other. I taught this class on how to give your uh, testimony. Uh, Doug was in it, and we got separated into little groups, and it had this real uh, secure structure on how to teach it. And Doug and I got in a group, and um, it had this outline, and it had these words we had to say, and then we had to be timed on it, and we had to give our testimony, and we had to, we had to do it in three minutes, then we had to do it in a minute, then we had to do it in 30 seconds, and we had this structure that we had to do on give your testimony. But I got to tell you, it's not that hard. It's not as difficult as what we made it. Uh, John, in 1 John chapter 1, he says, I'm just telling you what we've heard what we've seen and what we've felt so that we can participate in the gospel and our joy can be complete. Anytime you see God working through somebody else, anytime you hear about God working through somebody else, anytime you feel the love of God and experience the love of God through any part of his creation, whether it's a good gift or through one of the saints of the church, you just need to tell somebody about it. That's your testimony. And we need to be reminded that God's name is still near and he's still carrying on his good deeds even when things are shaking. Last week, um, Jacob and his dad, Ed, picked up one of our students to bring them to church, but he was running late to the car because he was praying for his grandparents. God is still working. Isn't that God showing up in his home? His grandparents aren't saved, so he's praying for them and with them. God is still showing up and making a difference. One of our elders uh, works in, his, uh, in, in the business that he's a part of, um, and he sends co-workers' prayer requests to our prayer text chain. And people in his work are being prayed for every day of the week 
One of his coworkers just found out they had cancer. One, another one of his coworkers is going through cancer treatments. Another one of his coworkers has a brother who's trying to leave the Ukraine and get to safety. And our church and our prayer team is praying for these people who we've never met before, we've never seen before. God is still showing up. He's still making a difference. And that's a testimony. We need to hear those testimonies so that we can be reminded God is still moving. God is still working. God's name is still near, even if it doesn't always feel that way. I was visiting Helen Simler, one of our church members, 103, when I got a knock on the door and uh, at, at her place, and in popped Carolyn Harris, a member of our church, because Carolyn makes regular visits to people who just need somebody to sit with them and talk with them. And she sits with them and talks with them and prays with them all the time. God is still showing up in the people of Wilmington Church of Christ, literally all over the world. We're getting ready to send Ukraine uh, supply, dri- Ukraine relief drive to people in Poland. God is still showing up and still making a difference. But we have to be willing to share our testimony. We have to be willing to tell people. But it's not something you have to train for. It's not something you have to find a a pattern to follow. You just have to say, here's what I heard. Here's what I've seen. Here's what I felt. And when we do that, we are participating in the kingdom of God. We're participating in in his process. We're partnering with God in what he's doing. Jacob pointed out to me after first hour, he said, we only fully participate in the we only get to fully participate in the victory of Christ when we're sharing our testimony. Can you imagine that? That's part of the process. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, we defeat Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and we're willing to die for Jesus. We get to fully participate in the victory of Christ when we share what God is doing. This psalm of instruction says you need to share something about what God is doing as part of your praise. Who do you know? Who do you know that needs to hear that God is still moving? Who do you know that is suffering right now? They're either suffering because they're in pain or they're uncomfortable or they feel like the whole world is falling apart and they need to hear that God is still moving. And they just need to hear it through a story. I've got a story for you. This is, this is amazing to me, and I'm so thankful. And it's, it's a story about God moving. Last week, uh, three people contacted me and said they liked my sermon. Now, that's not the amazing part. Hold on. That's not the amazing part. The amazing part is this. I said, what did you like about the message? And each one of them told me something they liked about the message, and I never said any of those words. What's amazing is that God can take the Scripture And he can latch it onto our heart in such a way that it begins to change us from the inside out by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he can even take my words, something I didn't even say, and somewhere in between, he translates it into something your heart needs to hear so that you can be comforted by Christ. That's a promise he makes in Isaiah 55, that his word will not go out and come back empty but will accomplish its goals. I can't understand why three people heard something that I never even said, and some of their responses I wish I'd said because it was better than what I had said. Praise God that he is still moving through his word. Look at this instruction again. 
This is an instruction. It follows Psalm 74 that asks the question, God, when are you going to show up? Why is this happening? How long, O Lord? And Psalm 75 tells us this is what you do while you're going through one of those moments. Praise God and tell of his wonderful deeds. Give your testimony. The second part we need to take instruction from this psalm is we need to trust his timing. We need to trust his timing. God says, verse 2, I choose the appointed time. It's I who judge with equity. When the earth and all its people quake, it's I who hold its pillars firm. The God and creator of the universe who set the foundation of the earth in place also chooses the time when he brings about rescue, when he brings about change. And you know what? Because he sees the whole picture, we can trust him. Sylvia Schroeder, I was just reading a blog by her. I don't know who she is, but I really like this blog. She said when she was growing up, she loved to do dot to dots. And she loved to get the dot to dot and try to imagine what the picture was going to be before she started filling in the lines. And sometimes she could imagine what the picture was going to be. Sometimes it turned out to be something totally different. And then her grandkid brought her a dot-to-dot completed, but the grandkids figuring out numbers, figuring out uh, the lines, and it was a mess. It wasn't a complete picture. And she said, all of a sudden it occurred to me that I felt like I had this this uh, desire in my heart that my whole life would be laid out in a picture I could understand and I could clear, see, see clearly all the dots before I drew the lines and then I realized I'm not the dot maker of my life. But see, God is the dot maker. God sees the whole picture and God is establishing the path our life is going to take way before we understand what's going on. And our job is to trust in his timing that he can make the foundation of the earth secure. Well, in an existential way, he makes the foundation of our soul secure when we trust in his timing. And this is the part that became radioactive to me. When the earth and all its people quake, it's I who hold its pillars firm. God chooses the right time. I love that fact. I can live on that promise for a long time because sometimes it feels like things are going bad. But I know that God is still working. Let's think about some of the things that are going bad. And I've got this quote I wanted to read. Um, you know, there's this war in Ukraine, gas prices going up, food prices going up. Um, some of us are experiencing health problems. Some of us are experiencing uh, relationship problems. Uh, the world and its people seem to shake. But there's this myth out there, there's this, there's this lie out there that because of the Enlightenment, people people's morality is going to change too because we have this advancement of science that people were going to have an advancement of morality. But it's a lie. It's a, uh, there was one famous politician who was shocked that Russia invaded the Ukraine back in February and said, I thought we now lived in a world where people said no to this kind of thing. And they're shocked and they said, we live in the 21st century. How could something like this still happen? We shouldn't be shocked by this. We shouldn't be shocked that the world still shakes because people haven't changed. People still have the same 
fundamental problem they had when Adam and Eve sinned and broke their relationship with God, we are still sinning and we're still causing the world to shake and the world to be broken today. Every decade of the 20th and the 21st century has seen major war and major conflict all over the world. Just last year, we had a riot and break-in into our own capital. Why should we imagine that some faraway dictator president wouldn't invade another country? I have a quote. I have a quote. I, I just wanted to read. This is amazing to me. A quote about the demonstration in Washington, D.C. The city was an armed camp. The mobs were smashing windows, slashing tires, dragging parked cars into intersections, even throwing bed springs off overpasses in the traffic down below. This was not a protest. This was civil war. The president was taken to Camp David for two days for his own protection. The military was called in to protect the administration. The 82nd Airborne was in the basement of the executive office building. This can't be the United States of America. This is not the greatest free democracy in the world. This is a nation at war with itself. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. That's a quote from the 1970 Kent riots. The Kent State Massacre. People haven't changed. Every decade of the 20th and 21st century, after the Enlightenment, when things are supposed to get better, we're supposed to be on a moral incline. That hasn't happened. So when you feel like the world is shaking and people are being shook, we have to go back to the promise and the reality that God still rules. And he's the one that can shake things and hold things steady. He's the one that can allow things to shake and then hold it steady. When Israel was in the promised land, God said, don't worship other gods. Don't have idols. And for centuries, the people of God had idols. So he raised up a king to punish the nation of Israel. And then he raised up another king to punish that king and nation because they were too harsh on Israel. God has a way and a time that's perfect when we trust him. But that's hard for us that want things done right now. Let me read that passage about raising up and putting down. It's here in the instruction psalm. To the arrogant I say, boast no more. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horns. Do not lift up your horns against heaven. That's talking about horns mean like power. Think about the horns on a ram or horns on a bull. It's the, it, their might, their power. God says, people, when we raise up our horns, it's kind of like we're, we're lifting our power. He said, don't, don't be defiant against heaven. No one from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt themselves. It's God who judges. He brings one down. He exalts another. Every authority and president and government that's in place has been placed there by God. Can we trust his timing? Because here's his promise to us. It's God who judges. He brings one down. He exalts another in the hand of the Lord is a cup full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours it out and all the wicked of the earth drink it down to its very dregs. He promises he is going to punish the wicked. He's going to make everything right. But he chooses the time. Carl Truman, a current author 
uh, just wrote this uh, a short a shorter book on the treatise he just finished that says we live in strange times. He said this world that we're living in doesn't look like the world of yesterday. He said how can 20 years ago a democratic president signs the marriage act that marriage can only be between a man and a woman and then 10 years later um, the Supreme Court reverses it and says marriage can be uh, against what God says. He says the world doesn't look the same. So how did we get here? He writes this this, uh, book. I encourage everybody to read it. It follows this pattern that shows um, how we are living in the world we're living in. And so he was recently asking an interview. He said, the interviewer asked him, are you optimistic about the church in America? Are you optimistic because you trust God? Are you optimistic? And he said, optimism is the wrong word to use. He said, optimistic is the word that says something like this. Optimism says, I'm going to be okay and everything's going to work out. And he said, I don't know if that's true. He said, I don't know if I'm going to live past tomorrow. I don't know if my family is going to survive. He said, I don't know if my church and denomination is going to survive the times we're in. But he said, I trust God's timing. And so I'm not optimistic, but I'm hopeful. What do you mean? He said, I know that God has perfect timing and that Christ is going to come back and make all things right, but he may not come back and make all things right in my life. The children of Israel were in slavery for 400 years. How many generations of those families died and God didn't make it right in their time, but God was going to make things right. And they had to trust in his timing. The people of Israel were sent to exile into Babylon for 70 years and a whole generation died and it didn't get right in their time, but God did make it right and the people were able to go back and rebuild the temple and rebuild the city and And that's where those psalms come in that says, how long, Lord, are you going to allow us to live here where times are shaking? And he says, trust my timing. And Carl Truman says, that doesn't make me optimistic, but it makes me hopeful. I know that I have victory in Christ. I can continue to see that God is still moving in my midst. I still see the church loving on its members and on the community in such a way that it lifts up Christ. He says, and I'm hopeful. I'm not optimistic. Psalm 75 teaches us to put our hope in Christ and trust in his timing. And the question we get to ask ourselves is, can we trust in the promise of God that he chooses the right time, the perfect time? He will bring about judgment and justice, and he will judge people with the right amount of justice where we would be totally satisfied, but we have to wait on his timing. What does Romans say? Do not return evil for evil. Do not try to pay back because that's God's business. Can we wait on his timing? This psalm of instruction tells us to wait because God has perfect timing. We can trust his perfect timing. We need to give our testimony, remind ourselves and each other that God is still working. He's still in our midst and he's still doing good deeds. We need to trust in his timing because he picks the right time to judge the world. Listen, Putin who says, we need to kill anybody who disagrees with us. God will take care of them. But in the meantime, we get to help others see the beauty and love of God in our midst. 
And then we need to praise His triumph. Verse 9, As for me, I will declare this forever. I will sing praise to the God of Jacob, who says, I will cut off the horns of all the wicked, but the horns of the righteous will be lifted up. We need to praise God's triumph that He has in Jesus Christ where the horns of the wicked were cut off forever and the horns of the righteous, the power of the righteous, was lifted up. Because Jesus Christ was sent to earth and never sinned, because he was a perfect sacrifice, because he willingly obeyed, because he did what God told him to do, a sacrificial death and then resurrection, God has lifted his name above all names. We need to celebrate and praise that triumph. But through his sacrificial death, he cut the horns off the wicked. He destroyed evil's power. So Satan and all the demons and all the principalities of this world, Christ has victory over them. Their power has been cut off. Let me explain how that works. In Revelation, it says that the serpent fell down to the earth and was chained on earth. Jesus says he doesn't come in, you don't come into a home and you rob it without first binding the strong man of the house. Satan is bound, but he's like a dog on a leash. If you walk into a yard with a dog on the leash and you get within the leash range, you can still get bit. Satan is bound by Christ. There is victory over Satan, but he's bound on a leash. He's still dangerous. But we praise God for the victory. Satan has been defeated. The power, the guilt, the debt of sin has been defeated in Christ. When Christ died on the cross, he became sin in our place. Our sins get removed by his sacrifice. The debt we owe God, Jesus paid with his life. Our sin sickness was covered over by his blood and we are declared not guilty. And we have been given this freedom to defeat the power of sin because of the victory in Christ and now live for righteousness. We get to praise God for his triumph. And God has defeated death. When you get scared because the world is shaking and you start having fear because gas prices and food prices are going up. Remember the triumph we have in Christ. One of our prayer group today was talking about they're going to go to the doctor. They're going to be told they're not following all the instructions they're supposed to be doing and their blood pressure's out of whack and their health is out of whack. And then she said, what's the worst that could happen? I go to heaven? She's relying on the triumph of Christ that even if death comes, there is no sting with death. There is no victory in death because of the victory of Christ. This psalm instructs us to praise God for his triumph. He cuts the horns off the wicked, and the horns of the righteous will be lifted up. He lifted up Jesus Christ to be above every other name, and now Jesus says, come along and participate with me. You get to join me. That's a praise. See, I don't know who needs to hear this psalm today. I don't know whose life is falling apart. I don't know whose relationships are hurting. I don't know who's scared of nuclear war. But when the earth and all its peoples quake, God holds the pillars 
at the foundation of the earth firm. God's judgment brings stability. His victory in Christ gives you victory. We can live in that promise. And then we get to fully participate in the victory by telling others about what Jesus has done. We hope you have enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, talk to, or maybe you just want more information about our church, be sure to fill out a Connect card so we can reach out and help you take your next best step. Thanks again for joining, and we will see you back here next time.